0: back to the latest edition of the Late Late Capitalism show. Rockin' with you, as always, the whitest man alive. It's me, Jesse, who just said, oh. rockin' with you.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> folks, we've decided it's a new year, new us. Uh, we are rethinking our business strategy. We oh. are recontextualizing uh, this show. We've decided to make it a, a, a 5D experience uh, by opening the first podcast restaurant uh yeah we have three courses for you tonight uh all of uh, accompanied by the the greatest takes the most perfect articles uh about our fair country that have come out in the last couple weeks Woo. Uh, i will be serving as your waiter i will be nibbling your food as it comes to you to make sure it's not poisoned. that's a respect thing between me and you um a uh, chance what's what's your role
2: uh, <clears throat> my role is I'm the chef. Uh, I will be cooking and serving these dishes all night to you. And um, I swear I didn't touch my balls.
3: <laughs> Lovely, cool, cool,
0: awesome, Jesse. Uh, my role is that of the humble and noble busboy slash dishwasher. And when we get to my segment of this evening's events, you'll understand why I'm not allowed to work on the food. But I'm rather relegated to scrubbing the dishes.
1: That's right, and and Megan,
3: I'm the is host, the
1: Maitre d because she's a woman.
3: Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, I lead you to your table, um, get you water. I am literally a host for my job, and I can't yeah. even think of another task I do. So <laughs> you
4: just and lead you're them to tables
2: and give them water. Host.
1: Isn't
0: that crazy?
3: That's true. Wow. A- anytime
0: guys. someone comes into Megan's restaurant, she immediately launches into a tirade about Jigglypuff's gender.
3: That's God.
4: right. <laughs> Oh,
1: no. uh, uh, Allow me, uh, if you will, to serve you your first course, uh, your first article of today, a a plate of freedom fries, if you will, (laughs) Uh, because today we're talking about uh, this really intelligent article uh, that was posted in the Globe and Mail a couple of weeks ago by John Ibbotson. This article is titled... If the next presidential election reveals the US hurtling towards possible violence and autocracy, should Canada try to intervene?
4: Woo! Oh,
1: fire. I can already tell. Yeah. This, this is a great premise. Yeah, no. There's there's this is bulletproof from the get-go. But let's first let's take a look. I'll read you our list of ingredients. Who is this John Ibbotson fellow? Um, so Canadian, you know, writer, blah blah blah, who cares? Uh, he started out as a playwright. Uh, his most oh. famous play, that became a radio play on CBC later, uh, was called Mayonnaise, which is pretty good. Oh my oh, no. god! No, it Fun. wasn't. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, my god. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I don't. So like it. we we got did, a, we got a real mayo boy here. For
3: sure. I've been listening a lot to the Smashing Pumpkins song Mayonnaise. It's really good.
1: Oh, alright. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's my comment on that.
1: Maybe maybe he wrote it. Maybe. Yeah, it's probably the same thing. Uh, from there, he moved into, okay, so you establish yourself as a Canadian playwright of some acclaim. Where do you move from there? Uh, where else? Back home with your parents. <laughs> Would that he did. Uh, no, young adult literature, folks. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you're a man writing YA literature, I'm
0: immediately suspicious of you.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: No, That's like the it's the really,
4: really good.
3: <sighs> Everyone on the internet is like, oh, if you write YA fiction, you are sus. But... I mean, an adult has to write it. Do you want it written by, like, 13-year-olds? Yes. I doubt it. No. I can't tell should.
0: the difference. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they I, do write like, for their audience very... Like, they get in that that zone way too easily.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm hanging around the high school. I need to do research for my young adult book.
1: I, I don't have a, an opinion on young adult literature, except for the fact that it's very funny, that uh, it allows grown men to be bullied off the the internet by 13-year-olds. That, ah, for me, that is, is very good. Yeah. But, uh, so he writes Starcrosser, uh, oh which is about God. a boy who's object, uh, abducted by aliens called the Grofies. Uh, and, and then he goes on to help them uh, win a war and basically slaughter a whole bunch of other aliens called the Draconians. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, so he befriends the Gropies, the right?
0: Grophies, yes, and grofies. the
1: interesting uh, hiccup here is that the aliens, uh, the Grophies, originally do this because uh, their enemy alien race, the Draconians, look exactly like humans, but they're not. But he proves his loyalty to the Grophies. By helping them kill the people who look exactly like human. All right, somebody needs to check this guy's basement. I really don't <laughs> like anything you've told me about him. Well, he also wrote, maybe you read this. I know I had to in grade seven. Uh, 1812 Jeremy's War. Are you familiar with that one? No, I missed that one. I well, I, I grew up in, in Niagara, so I had to read this. We uh, had the
3: the girl ones with the ribbon in the middle. You yeah, those were, are, those? Yeah. those were top tier. I liked the 1812 one. I think there was a book about eighteen twelve in that series. No. But
0: I read the novelization of
1: Halloween and To Kill a Mockingbird. That's about <laughs> it.
3: The two books in your childhood. Yeah. Yeah.
1: that's sweet. The, you know that speaks to a lot of, about like the person you ended up becoming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm racist and I love killing babysitters. That's right. <laughs> but uh jeremy's war is about a farm boy who goes on to become uh sir isaac brock's boy servant uh and then he stabs another boy to death with a bayonet so it's a pretty great book uh his most famous work probably is the big shift uh this is not ya this is uh contemporary polit political analysis uh it came out in 2013 and the basic premise of the book is how the demographics in Canada have uh, shifted to favor immigrants who live in the Uh-oh. suburbs and vote for conservatives.
3: Oh, well,
1: <laughs> yeah, Wait, crazy.
3: Sorry, this is a book he wrote?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's not wrong.
3: I mean, yeah, there's lots yeah. of suburban conservative immigrant voters, so they're not. That's right. I don't know if uh, that's, like, everybody, but.
1: <laughs> from uh, from the, the reviews that I read, uh, most of them are like, yeah, like, he has some, like, pretty good, like, analysis of, like, demographics and stuff and then the last four chapters are him just talk, like oh. shrieking about how the liberal media is hiding this from you because they hate harper so what you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: okay oh, weird
0: go off honestly he's right so
1: yeah so this is the the kind of mind that we're contending with here um so what's gonna happen if the u.s uh is you know fated for violence and autocracy in 2024 what are we their neighbors to the north gonna do he opens saying exactly that. What are we going to do when this happens or if this happens? There are risks uh-huh. to doing stuff and there's risks to not doing stuff. We have to weigh these options. Mm. Uh, he quotes uh, Thomas Homer Dixon, uh, who's a Canadian Thomas, political Thomas scientist.
0: Thomas Homer Simpson. <laughs> Reagan's hero. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> so, but, uh, Megan's favorite person is Homer Simpson For the people yeah. listening at home I've never mentioned but.
3: Homer Simpson
0: You don't stop mentioning him
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah we have to cut like hours Out of this show <laughs> So uh, Homer Dixon says By 2025 American democracy Could collapse causing d- Extreme domestic political instability inshallah uh, during, <laughs> Including widespread uh, Civil violence inshallah stop Uh, it and then he says by 2030 they'll be ruled by a right-wing dictatorship uh so looking down the barrel of yeah i feel like that's you know it's not really unreasonable it's on the table like i personally believe that the states will fracture into their own little fiefdoms before that happens but you know to each their own wow
0: y'all really would do civil war too than see a black woman in the white house (laughs) (laughs) i'm taking note of this yeah,
1: no, this is. They just will not let Kamala have anything. I meant Hillary. <laughs> uh, uh, sometimes you just gotta laugh. Sometimes you just gotta laugh. Right, so he goes on to say that he doesn't think that that's gonna happen at all. Uh, so why write this article? Yeah, uh, cool. <laughs> great. Be, because the. Like the U.S. economy will remain robust, uh, even despite political dysfunction, which we've already seen.
3: Well, it's not uh, going to happen because we're going to intervene. Yeah, so, we're go oh, us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by by us, I mean this podcast. We're going to yeah. save them.
1: I I could see that. I I think yeah. It takes like just one voice to <laughs> heal a nation. Uh. But yeah, he goes on to say like even though this probably isn't going to happen, like. Uh, Donald Trump is is, uh, very scary, uh, and if he wins in 2024, either legitimately or by manipulating the results, um, what will be left of the judiciary, the public service, and the constitutionally constrained military after four more years? To which I say, um, judiciary and public service have nothing to do with our country at all. And their military, I promise, Mr. Ibsen, uh, will be totally fine.
0: Also, like, the judiciary is already packed... With like a generation of conservative judges, yeah. Like,
1: what else is going to happen to it? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty like sure so increase their supermajority by one. Like, who cares? Yeah,
0: like it's going to be an entirely conservative court within like the next twenty years. So, mm-hmm. okay, like, yeah, what'll happen if Donald Trump wins? What'll happen if Joe Biden wins again? It's still going to be a conservative majority court.
1: <laughs> exactly. Joe Biden could live to be 120; it'd still be a conservative court, and he
0: will. I have no doubt about it.
1: Yeah. So uh, typically what happens, uh, as you know, and as he says, is that when asked about the outcome of American presidential election, Canadian prime ministers say they look forward to working with whoever wins, uh, because that's the smart thing to say and the only thing they could ever possibly do. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, what if that doesn't cut it this time? You know, what if drastic action needs to be taken, uh, (laughs) you know, against, you know, our neighbor. What are we going to do? So our our intrepid reporter has gone and he's talked to uh, a number of, uh, you know, political scientists, uh, academics at de- different Canadian universities to get their take on. Uh, the first one, Stephanie Carvin of Carleton, uh, says that Canada can't do anything about this at all. Yeah, Uh, she's right. (laughs) She's, quote, our voice does not ring loud in the conversations that are happening in the United States. Because completely correct. So already he has admitted that, uh, you know, this is not a problem. Uh, And then he goes on to say, we can't do anything about it, even if it was a problem.
3: Uh, Well, he had like 2,000 words to write and gosh darn it, he was going to get there. So.
1: Respect the hustle. (laughs) He does say, though, uh, that she said that it is possible, maybe, that Canada could join with other members of NATO, the European Union, and the G7, or some other assembly, uh, to voice concern uh, and support for American democracy, which... Is what is
3: NATO gonna do? Doesn't yeah. the US like pay for most of NATO? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, okay. Well, what's gonna ha-
1: Like, they're gonna have their next big meeting, uh, and Americans gonna be so excited. They're gonna walk in, they're like, hey man, like, what are you, th- do you wanna bomb Yemen today? Should we bomb, like, fuck it, Indonesia again? Like, w- what's on the table? Uh, and then, like, the, Everyone the mood shift. Everyone's frowning. Yeah, everyone's just sitting in a circle, <laughs> and they're like, America, there's been something we've made meeting to talk to you. It's about, your democracy and then they can all take turns standing up and talking about how america is so different now uh now that the scary orange man is around i think like he's just not he's not good for you you need to get out of that situation i think that could work (laughs)
3: like implying that you know we're gonna actually say it to their face but like half half of um like op-eds from every country that's not the u.s has been about the u.s democracy for the past like six years like they're all saying it already also
0: (laughs) Man, who who else thinks that if Canada teamed up with Mexico, NATO, the UN and the other G7 countries that they could totally fuck up the United States. <laughs> yeah, exactly. man. Okay. Us and uh... I don't know, fucking Kazakhstan are going to destroy the American dogs. Wait, actually, that's sweet. Maybe John Ibbotson's based and he's like, we must destroy the great Satan when the opportunity that presents. Could, yeah, itself. and
1: like, do you know what? Yeah, I actually, I like that reading. He's just, he's trying to say it as clearly as he can. But, you know, those, those liberal vultures that, uh, you know, cultural Marxism that has taken hold of the National Post, uh, or sorry, the Globe and Mail. Uh, they're basically, this a shit. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, like they just won't allow him to say the truth, so he has to give it to us in code. That America needs all another making sense. another nine eleven. Is Canada man
0: enough to do it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so okay, uh, the Carlton woman, she was a bus. She said we couldn't do anything. Move on to the next guy, Peter Lowen. Uh, he's uh, the director of the Monk School of Global Affairs uh, oh, at like University
3: of Toronto. I walked by other- that oh, building. Like that. Every day.
0: For all the autistic detectives out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Loan, my man, help me out here. I'm writing this article. What do you've got for me? Uh, Lowen replies, saying, uh, I'm reluctant to say that we should be involved.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, okay. oh
1: damn. <laughs> I thought he was uh, going to be, like, a real ghoul. But no. That's no a reasonable response. Yeah, because, like again we have literally no power over the united states at all we are their lap dog yeah exactly
0: like what are we gonna do <laughs> yeah
1: he he does admit though uh that we quote we have to think the unthinkable in which we are not really close to them in the future and a lack of po- uh, policy imagination has kept us from actually pondering that in a deep way uh which i guess is fair but like that would be like It is, it takes a lot of imagination because it would be imagining a fundamentally different country. It would be like imagining, like, like folks, we have to think about what if everyone in Canada had to wear moon shoes all the time? What are the implications (laughs) of that? You know, like it's nonsense. Like Canada as it exists does not exist without America. Okay.
0: What else does this guy got to say? I feel like there's more panels of experts
1: nope that's it
0: what? <laughs> that, that's Are all we serious? got for experts sorry oh, okay. this, so he consulted two people both of whom said no and still titled his article should we intervene it sounds like you have the answer to that question you stupid moron
3: it could have been a tweet probably but <laughs> yeah. you know props to him again he does tweet paycheck. a lot
0: of course he tweets a lot there's, he's a journalist there's literally nothing else for him to do or a
2: columnist I guess
3: he also did, like, he titled it in an exciting way. We clicked on it, did we not, to read That's it true. to our I, lovely I, I listeners?
2: <laughs> Every single comment is just gifts from, like, South Park and Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, I don't think many people took this seriously. But then at the same time, on his Twitter, people are like, the best journalist we have in Canada oh, is boy. this guy. And it's like, why are you simping for him?
1: I don't understand. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why we're simping for him. Because he he ends this article here uh, by saying, like, you know, he he waxes poetic again about, like, what would happen to NATO or NORAD if the United States is internally divided and unstable? Uh, to which I say, like, it has been for, like, at least, I don't know, eight years. There's this little thing called the Civil War. <laughs> what if that happened? But uh, he he ends that off by saying... These are terrible questions. What can we do right now? Well, what we need to do is bolster our military and protect our borders. Exactly, Mm -hmm. and and like this is why the article exists from especially in the north. Oh, (laughs) from Alaska.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, you know,
3: probably it, for like offshore drilling. Mm-hmm. I imagine they want to like divide the water. That's the only the thing water. they give a shit about. Yeah, <laughs> like okay, they just want to make sure
1: that we have all the oil uh, deposits that are going to be opened up when everything melts up there.
3: Yeah, that's depressing. Thank you, John.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, John, yeah, We, we need hero. to engage with the U.S. However, it evolves as a great power, we live beside and must get along with. So that is to say change nothing <laughs>
3: about also, what I, they're doing. Also, I love that it, it, in his view, if it's like a nice democratic like president that they're not going to try and take the oil from the Arctic, it's like only a crazy president's going to do that. Like, where where's the logic for that? I don't know. Trump was like even probably less effective at doing stuff like that, was he not? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Because he, like, actual... he
1: couldn't like actually like, string two thoughts together to accomplish anything. No, like he doesn't I really think he
0: does not care. like he doesn't know Alaska exists. Let's be honest with each other, like, <laughs> like anything so north guy, of
2: New York this guy writing, you think he's like a never Trump kind of guy? Oh like definitely. a never Trump conservative type dude? one hundred percent because he he's written quite a few articles, like about how nobody's having enough children, but then also turns around and talks about like the how democracy in the u s is falling apart. So it makes me think that he's like. A Lincoln Project-type dude. Oh, oh yeah.
0: Well, he's definitely a Lincoln Project-type dude if he wrote YA fiction.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Canadian so <laughs> conservative dudes are just like that. Like, they're all like him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, like, they're all like mile- yeah, they think like, they're like a fancy, special version of a conservative, and that that American conservative mm. is like gross or something. Because also, yeah, like they, the Democrats are like as conservative as a Canadian conservative. Oh, so easily, yeah,
4: yeah,
1: yeah. Like they, they're like they are refined, they are logical, uh, they are above it all, uh, and mm-hmm. they, they look at the facts and the data. And you know, if you look at the line, democracy is going down. Yeah, in that's the true.
2: <laughs> That's so true, and that's Facts.
1: something to, to consider.
0: <laughs> I would, I will say. So, whenever we see uh, any kind of countries that the u.s is inevitably going to invade we see a lot of people on like mostly twitter saying you know i'm from cuba i'm from bolivia i'm from venezuela and my country yearns for freedom and they all have ridiculous like americanized names i can't wait for when america is collapsing and we start seeing like twitter bots with the name like brandy (laughs) twinkie and uh, (laughs) fats mcgraw where it's like yeah Please come to Ohio and liberate us based Canadian Great Lakes forces. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Unlighted Jim
2: 98.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my name is, is Steve McDyichel and my country yes, yearns Steve. for freedom.
2: My name is Mike Dugnut and I <laughs> yeah. need your help.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm Brunch Honey and I, <laughs> I need the Wexit forces to come to this Piggly Wiggly this very second. <laughs>
2: I look forward to the American AstroTurf campaign.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be so sick. It'll be awesome. We could be the new world. Like, you know how like Holland or the Netherlands send us like a box of tulips or whatever because we freed them from the Nazis? They plant tulips, yes. Yeah. Uh, We could like what like the U.S. could send us, uh, I don't know, cheap opioids Krispy Kreme uh, Donuts, stuff we can't get donut. here. Yeah. A box of chocolates. Yeah. if Oh, my God. If, like, <laughs> you know, like some, like, bodacious Tennessee babes came and, like, gave me, like, Carl's Jr. for my service in defending their democracy, I feel yeah. like, yeah, that sweet. would work out. Uh, Ohio's
0: going to send us the original four loco for
2: liberating them. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to finally try cane sauce.
0: Yeah, here we go. Chance and I are caniacs. We can't <laughs> wait. We'll do anything for the, uh, the Cane's caliphate that's going to develop in the Mid-South once we so, liberate the United States.
2: Dean, we, we've been talking about food a little bit. <clears throat> what is the next meal? I'm getting a little hungry. Well, it's the I, next course we have.
1: You, you'll have to ask our bus boy uh, as, right. as he's cleaning <laughs> what? out the plates. What, what's our main course? Why would I
2: ask here? the bus boy? Uh, because. Am that, I not the chef? Why well, am I asking the bus the Why are you, you asking anyone? Outside.
0: You do it. <laughs> You went outside to vape, as is your right, and, and the door locked behind you. It's like the emergency door closed. So and it's like, funny okay. because I
2: go outside to vape, but I also vape inside.
0: Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly so awesome. Uh, so they're like, oh, shit, just take whatever left over from the plates and like put it on as a main course. So we're getting like bits of chicken bone, uh, you know, mm. leftover ravioli, right. uh, a whole bunch of shit, just a mishmash. And that's because we're talking about, well, nominally, we're talking about someone who has become uh, something of a minor celebrity in the right wing uh, media sphere here in Canada. Uh, I'm, of course, referring to flavor of the month, Tara Henley, who, if you've heard the name before, first off, I'm sorry you have to hear about the most boring woman to ever exist. And second, uh, her whole shtick is that she claims she left the CBC because it was too left-wing, which is something... She had a
1: big article in, was it the National Post? Yeah, it's bullshit. It's such a terrible, boring article.
0: And I'm not reading it because it sucks shit. But here's the thing about Tara Henley. It's like, if you in general, think the CBC is too left-wing, that's because you're on the right. You are not, like, a centrist or a liberal, because the CBC is, like, the most enlightened centrist news organization oh, yeah. in
1: the mm-hmm. world. You're not even allowed mm-hmm. to say the word Palestine on their airwaves. No.
0: <laughs> so you're immediately just, like, tattling on yourself. But I would like to, first off, say that her employer came out after the fact and is like, yeah, she didn't really work for the CBC. She was just kind of, like, basically a, a temporary consultant.
1: Yeah, she she was in so, she, like, she she, she got paid per article to, like, yeah. right? And, like, some of the articles she write, she oh, wrote, I have, I have title. Oh, do you? Let us yeah, know. So I've got every single article
0: she wrote for the CBC here. I'm going to read you yeah. the titles.
1: Yeah. Remember, uh, like, before we ju- dive into this, her yes. whole thing was that she was silenced. Uh, she was trying to talk about yeah. important issues. And <laughs> yeah, they was, wouldn't let her because instead they wanted to talk about sort of niche culture war gender. stuff uh gender lgbt stuff yeah they they they, they
2: muzzled her they didn't let her speak they didn't let her
1: talk about like the housing crisis which she was really passionate about yeah clearly but but what were the the articles that she managed to squeak past the censors so i'm just gonna stick
0: strictly to the articles there is one about her making a biography about herself turning 40 but that is
1: oh gross i like that's so much worse i'm sorry i just thought that this woman (laughs) was like sort of a glowing eyed like pmc psychopath she was like in her late 20s and she's like i want to cash in make a buck (laughs) yeah but the fact that she's older (laughs) than that is just disgusting (laughs) it's very sad so her first
0: article published five west coast hikes you probably don't know about but should oh okay
4: Okay.
2: yup You tell them. Speak truth to power, babe.
4: <laughs>
0: five zen things to do in Vancouver, Canada's epicenter of chill. Yo, I understand why they canceled her
3: now. She is Let's being go. muzzled. This is Ad, crazy. These
0: are from 2017. Uh, five amazing stories from the dude who mapped BC for Google Earth.
1: See, so she's trying to <laughs> talk right. about maps. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <gasps> big, big fan of John Ibbotson. Uh, the five most breathtaking bike routes Vancouver has to offer. What? Oh, wow. Does she
3: work for like Narsity or something? Are these <laughs> yeah. CBC articles?
0: Yeah, this is on the CBC. Uh, sponsor <laughs> content is what... Okay, so there's two more. Vancouver's Pedal Power. Five flowerful bike routes to take right now.
3: They really... I think she quit because <laughs> yes. they wouldn't give her literally anything to do.
2: Oh, sorry, there's four articles left. I th- but, but if she was like freelance and not necessarily on the payroll, these are what she brought to them first. <laughs> yeah. like,
0: these are
2: what she was commissioned for. No.
3: She loves biking, dude.
2: Beyond the Vistas,
0: markets, music series, and more make a fall vacation in BC the best idea. This is sponsored content. Uh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, duh. Can hitting snooze and taking a long lunch be the real keys to success? That's when she got canceled right there. No, no, she still got two more. She squirted
4: out two more.
0: <laughs> Six surprising lessons we can all learn from early retirement gurus. Mm -hmm. And then my favorite and one that I make reference to in a a piece of media I'm going to read for you shortly. I'm 41 and I just paid off my $60,000 master's student loan. Here's how. Uh, it's by living with her parents and having them help pay (laughs) it.
3: Also, forty-one is still kind of old. Like that—that sucks. You—you were strapped with debt for all your twenties and thirties. That's That's like a downside. Yeah.
0: So this is the woman who is fighting for free speech and truth. She was on Glenn Greenwald. (laughs) Glenn Greenwald's podcast. She was also on Canada Land, which proves definitively that Jesse Brown is. 1,000 times dumber than the Jesse on this show. So, congratulations
3: <laughs> there. That's Some impressive. Some Canada stuff is cool. You moron. No, he's I like, do like
0: uh, Canada Room yeah. temperature yeah. IQ.
3: No, I like it. Yeah.
0: No, I'm they, sorry. They it's won't like have me on it. Cap water.
4: Yeah,
2: I was going to say, I don't have to like Jesse Brown to like his shows.
0: I've never listened to it, but I never will, because he has had, uh, kind of like a Red Scare Lady. That's the energy Tara gives me, but like way less interesting. Yeah. yeah. Tara
1: also got big shout-outs from Matthew Iglesias and Barry Weiss. Nice. uh, Two other well-known columnists who left their uh, various, uh, (laughs) you know, employers in a big huff. Yeah. Okay, but make a fuckload of money on Substack. And none of these
3: like newspapers were remotely left-wing. Like, what are they talking about? (laughs) Like, wasn't one of them like the Wall Street Journal or something?
2: Imagine. um, Imagine, though, if Tara Henley came out and it wasn't the CBC she was writing for. She was like, yeah, so I was working for this, like, you know, anti-gentrification leftist zine out of Montreal, yeah. and they wouldn't let me write about how I got rid of my debt. So I, instead, it's like, no, you were fucking working for the CBC. You probably just said something stupid.
1: I dis- no, she didn't. She wasn't fired. None no, of them were fired. They just, all yeah. left. Yeah,
3: because because the CBC was woke. Yeah, (laughs) you know, I did some digging
0: on Tara and before you ask, there is no pornography in what I'm going to read you. No matter how much you think it will be, I'm telling you, there is no pornography the in this story. The context for
3: this is Jesse also tried to read us another segment one time, and I had to cut it because it was like 20 minutes of just straight-up pornography. It was nine
0: minutes. It was nine right. minutes of Heartland <laughs> pornography. Yes.
2: It was It was about nine minutes of just straight porn. It was. It was I, good I, porn.
0: I have the, the clip. Uh, so... <laughs> So this is the in-universe. This is the story I'm going to tell you. Long before uh, Tara Henley started writing for the CBC or Substack, which is where you can find her currently, which is like OnlyFans for journalists. Uh, she was working on a little website you may be familiar with called fanfic.net.
4: Go. Was she now? You're Let's kidding.
0: Go. I might be kidding. He
3: is kidding. There's no way. <laughs> but this is a great continue. story.
0: Never let I the truth get in kidding. the way of a good story. So all, right, all right. I went <laughs> digging back through to an indeterminate time and I found mm. uh, a story by someone named Tara Headley. Right. And it's <gasps> totally it's, her. It's a fan fiction called 321, and I'm going to read it to you. It's about a page long, and I promise you, just bear with me. It is not pornographic. It is probably also not safe for work, but in the way that nothing on this show is safe for work.
3: (laughs) That is true.
0: It was Tara's favorite time of the day, the fleeting moments when you know you're in a dream. You feel invincible as you bend this alter reality to your will. Sometimes Tara used her mind to fly. Sometimes she used her lucidity to conjure her high school bully, Eli Glasner, and verbally eviscerate him with facts and logic. Oh. Though both were fun, this time she used her dominion over her dreams to create her favorite scenario of all, quality time with Jacob Hogard. Oh, my Hell yeah. goodness. J- Jacob William Hogard, born J- July 9th, 1984, is a Canadian singer and songwriter, best known as the lead singer of the pop rock band Headley. Before is Headley this was in form, the fanfic? Ho- Hogarth completed on the second season of Canadian Idol in 2004 he placed third everything I'm, everything I'm saying is all stuff that somebody put into this fanfic who that
3: they literally amazing. must have copied from Wikipedia, that's yeah. so fun you know what, you need background in a story So
0: also Eli Glasner again, is just the,
1: like this show, respecting the facts
0: Eli Glasner is the movie critic for CBC <laughs> if, you don't, if you weren't
1: aware somebody
3: why does she hate him?
0: Uh, you'll, you'll see why. All good things must come to an end. Right before their lips could meet, Tara's alarm blared. It was the chorus to three two one, 2 one the latest hit single by her favorite band, Headley. Headley is a Canadian pop rock band originating in oh Abbotsford, God, British Jesus. Columbia, originally no formed why. in 2003. They are named if after I'm... the unincorporated community of Headley, British Columbia, a name chosen if... after members heard it was set for sale for $346,000. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: If I'm reading Headley fan fiction... I don't need to know who Headley is.
3: No, you do. It's like the <laughs> readers so, are aware.
2: I'm so deep into Headley.
0: Today but was. I ta- do not need to know who they are. No, you do. Today was Tara's last day before summer at CPC High School. Just one more day, and she could take who? so much deserved time off.
3: Who behaves like this? Who writes <laughs> CBC-themed fanfiction? Well,
0: Megan, let's get to the end of this next sentence, and you can tell this me is who you arguably think this. more perverted than pornography.
3: Oh my
4: god.
0: <laughs> she had big plans for the summer. She was looking forward to going to Camp Substack with her friends, Jordy Peterson, Davey Frum, Benny Shapiro, and her best friend in the whole wide world, Carlo Homolka.
3: Okay, you made this up, Jesse. There's no way. No, no. <laughs>
4: this, this
0: is Tara's. It was going to be so fun. Tara spent a moment looking through her closet. She wanted to make a statement on the final day of the year. She chose a pair of ripped purple jeans and a black Headley graphic tee with a prominent picture of Jacob Hogarth on the front and the words, Blood must be shed to break the chains of the old flesh on the back. <laughs> Holy
3: shit. What? She's okay. she spent a moment is-
0: admiring herself in the mirror before leaving <laughs> her room. Uh, we're halfway done, I promise you. We're getting, there. We're getting of to this? the
3: action. Okay, fine, finish. This.
0: Tara breezed downstairs and said a quick hello to her parents. Hello, dear. Just a reminder that we will help, happily help you pay off your student loans, even if you're in your 40s, <laughs> should you want to get your master's. <laughs> okay, thanks. Love you. Bye, Tara said in return. As she whisked herself out the door and over to the bus stop, she pulled out her iPod and put the headphones in to pass the time. She was greeted by the familiar chorus of "Perfect," another hit song from her favorite band, Headley. "I'm not perfect, but I'll keep trying." I thought you were eighteen. The accuser is lying. Uh, the bus arrived and took Tara to CBC High School, and oh no, there was her bully, CBC Media and Movie critic Eli Glasner, standing right by the front door. <laughs> Hey Tara, nice Headley shirt, Eli sneered. If you asked me, the band should call themselves Deadly, because that's their career status. Uh, normally Tara would just ignore the pint-sized, question mark, I don't know how big he is, agitator, but today she snapped back. Actually, Eli, Headley just went double platinum in Canada with their album, The Show Must Go On, Bullied on the strength of cha-ching and perfect. The band has never been hotter, and nothing will ever slow them down. Nothing ever, ever, ever. Eli Glasner's square-framed glasses fell off his face and made him look like a total nerd. All of a, sudden, all of a sudden, there was a loud whoosh and a swa, swa, swa as a black helicopter pulled into frame. A rope ladder was dropped from above, and Jacob Hogard's head appeared from out of the side panel of the helicopter. I'm here to take you away, Tara, he said. Yes, yes, I'm done with CBC, she said. See you fuckers in hell, Tara screamed <laughs> as she climbed the ladder. This was really shaping up to be the best summer ever. To be continued.
3: Okay. So wow. originally... That was gorgeous. I, all was of so our our jokes her. have become silly because I thought this was a real Headley fanfiction it you is. had found and yeah, not something wrote. you wrote oh, this no. So afternoon. No, Tara Henley but wrote But thank you, it. Jesse. <laughs> Why do you think
0: I was researching Headley fanfiction? I had to get the right verbiage and tone okay. for when I was going to uh, cover this. Uh, so, Tara Henley wrote this, and yeah. she do has to come Tara on the podcast. You're,
1: you're, you're a chameleon. You're like Keats. You, just, yeah. you, you can adopt the, the voice of whoever you <laughs> Mostly fanfic writers. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've read so much. It's like of those
2: the... YA writers, right? Yeah. Like they, they get into the mind.
1: Yeah, you can but get really get into the mind of a forty-one-year-old uh, Substack white right? woman. I think that's gorgeous. Uh,
2: you know what? Uh, that gets a nine out of ten only because uh, I would give it a ten out of ten if there was more dogs and um,
0: yeah, of course,
2: problematic Black Lives Matter ruminescings.
0: Yeah, and I mean yes. Folks, if you Google Headley, you will immediately be taken to the controversies page. And I think that'll help contextualize this. But, uh, yeah, Tara Henley, until it is proven otherwise, uh, used to author Headley slash fic involving <laughs> herself and some of her, oddly enough, future colleagues at CBC and also Carla Hamoka, which I thought was an interesting poll. But white yeah. women got to stick together. This
3: is- I feel like this is telling us a lot about your psyche, too. Yeah, so when I was... Canadian <laughs> celebrities you choose to include in this family. When I was writing it, and I was like,
0: okay, her friends from high school are all, like, these conservative cranks, and I was like, who would be a funny girl best friend for her? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Carla Homolka. <laughs> that would be funny.
3: So in and the I, other Hedley fan fiction you read, did they also yeah. describe uh, who yes. Headley is in every other paragraph?
0: I'm not kidding, yes. One of them literally started oh. with, like, my name is Jacob Hogarth. You can call me by my nickname, Jake, Jakes, or anything else that you can think of that would work as my nickname. Like that's it's how a lot...
2: phonetically, yeah. And, like <laughs> has hyperlinks in it.
0: That's how a lot of like really bad fan fictions kind of start, where they just immediately are like, "No bullshit. This is who I am. This is my life history." <laughs> I
4: know.
0: So I thought it would be appropriate to include that in there. And uh, you know what? I I have a passion for writing that is almost matched by Tara Henley's passion for writing. And you know what? You uh, guys I
2: mean, should collab. I'm going to subscribe to her
0: Substack, and maybe we'll hear more from Tara Headley in the future.
4: Thank
2: you. Yeah, maybe write this on the comments of her latest articles. Yeah,
0: I should just copy and paste the entire one page. Uh, Tara Headley once famously said, I agree with everything my brother Jacob Headley did.
4: So. <laughs> okay.
3: Imagine being this woman and you God. if say you did comment this thing. You would just like, just a, a comment of slash fan fiction of you and, yeah. like, a f- member Jacob of Hunger. a, f- like, disgraced Canadian pop, pop band that band. you've never mentioned in public. You'd be like, what and the a, fuck? And a,
2: the most notorious serial killer in Canada.
3: Yeah. As yeah. well,
2: your best friend.
3: I think, once again. Your mind, uh, Jesse.
0: <laughs> if you see any, like, internet comment online, it is just safe to assume that I wrote it.
3: Yeah. That's what I'm going with from now on. <laughs> uh
0: I, megan i'm I'm delighted that it took you so long to clue in
3: yeah it, i literally was like wow this is because the first like when they were writing about the cbc i was like wait what the fuck <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah it caught me off guard
3: i was so confused
1: all right folks and with that, I hope you're, you're satiated, you're satisfied, but you're better. I hope you left room because we got one more course coming for you. Our dessert plate. Uh, it's small. You can nibble on it because uh, all it is is a platter uh, covered in a loose handful of benzodiazepine. Uh, why is that? That is because uh, our last final article for the night is by the dark philosopher himself. Mr. Jordan right. B. Peterson.
3: Oh, That's they cool. let him write stuff again? Professor
2: it also fun. has, it, it, the the Benzos have a side of canned coochie.
1: Yeah,
0: we got Professor Perk on the track. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs>
2: right.
3: Many U of T hits in this podcast this evening. That's, That's very, very true. true.
2: It's a U of T greatest hits, really.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So our, our boy, Mr. Peterson, is back. Uh, I'm not respecting his doctorate. Uh, what's the article? Where is it? We're in the National Post again. Uh, Article is called, uh, Open up the damn country. Open the damn (laughs) country back up before Canadians wreck something we can't fix. The country is growing more authoritarian in response
0: to fear. This is the Sonic the Hedgehog kid.
3: (laughs) He has consequences. (laughs) (laughs) he means no borders guys he's saying open up the world oh i like that no more nation states people can move around freely thank you jordan peterson oh my god he's
1: a
2: radical anarchist (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right i like now i'm, I'm gonna pull my host before i continue should i read you this article no in the voice the whole time <laughs> no
3: you should not
1: no. Okay. No, God, no. i'm getting a unanimous no i will uh, kill you okay he starts this is okay like really big statement for context folks if you haven't been paying attention uh omicron is ravaging this country uh, hospitals and ICUs are filling up, turning people away. Uh going well. It's going super well. Uh, Kingston, as, as far as I understand, uh, has just, like, stopped reporting numbers. That's because right. Because yeah, they're we just can, I thought the
3: province to. has, too. That is why. Well. Just like, like everybody.
0: We've, we we've tried to conquer COVID-19, and we just couldn't do it. Fight's over. Go home. Yeah.
1: No, things are worse than they've ever been in this pandemic. Uh, and the government has seemingly more or less completely given up on us uh that said we have to open up uh so pretty bold statement how is he gonna land this in the opening uh refrain here we go i spent more than three hours on the phone this weekend trying to get to the online security department of one of canada's major banks oh fuck off
4: all
0: right yeah this <laughs> that's is, always how it is this is boomer writing he knows his yeah. audience
1: yeah no he he's playing he's playing to the the crowd for sure uh but like i think like all, already off the bat this is like a perfect distillation of like petersonian philosophy because like he waxes on and on and on like four five hour youtube video lectures where he's talking about like elemental chaos and order and And, like, Athens and Christendom and, like, all these, like, huge, heady concepts that, like, rule our lives and how we can, like, you know, individually shape our own destinies by considering these forces. And the example that he has here uh, is, you know, waiting in line on the phone. Like, it's it's perfect.
2: I wonder if, like, even that alone is a perfect refutation of his idea that Western society is, like... The the peak, you know,
4: mm.
2: <laughs> because well that, he's like, he's always talking it up, and then he'll immediately be like, "Damn, this just sucks." Yeah, because oh, um,
3: <laughs> the phone lines, like phone cues, are getting in the way of Western society. Actually, if we oh we
2: oh, those are those are postmodern
3: waiting. Uh, yeah, that's like a Marxist concept. Lines. Yeah,
2: postmodernism so, is no. is when you use the phone.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh my god. Oh my god! I, w- I wish you guys I like I can't even I can't even begin to describe how how much dumber things are gonna get from here. <laughs> I, I look
2: forward to it.
1: So, uh, he goes on. He complains. Uh, one of his accounts was shut down because he tried to sign in from Alberta, which he <laughs> believes, uh, you know, is it's ridiculous that that should happen. Um. You know, uh, he had to listen to like muzak jazz, and that annoyed him for forty-five minutes. He was on hold again and again. Can you believe it? Uh, You know, like the like classic. You know, you're in line at the DMV, and the woman, like, like the old woman beside you is just like talking about her day to you. Yeah, you
2: know? classic. Nobody cares. Plus, you're bald.
1: Yeah, exactly. Hey, come
4: on. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jesse.
1: Uh. And then he's like, okay, like, also, um, I, like, all all of this on top of the fact that I had to fly to see my family, because, like, they locked down the country, and I couldn't fly last year, but I can this year, uh, but, uh, So it sounds like a
3: positive to me. You weren't allowed to go before, and now you are, and yet you're complaining. But, but
1: still, precautions, 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 he, he says, and then, after, like, Directly after a full paragraph of complaining about being on like on the phone with the bank, there's a even larger paragraph that I will spare you where he complains about uh, long lines and delays and flight cancellations like at the airport. Keep
2: in mind, this is the holidays kind of still like the holidays are still bouncing back a week after
1: yeah like, uh, like christmas and like, you know what I mean? that's the thing i was like losing my fucking mind reading this because like he's presenting this as like can you believe like with like covid and coronavirus like all these lockdowns are like clamping down on like the flight industry like this is terrible like people have complained been complaining about going to the airport let alone going to yeah. the airport during the holidays for like what forty fifty years? Like it's the most yeah. boring joke. Like, can you believe? Get a load of airlines. Like, and, and yeah, for, airports for all just of these suck.
4: businesses,
2: <laughs>
1: they suck. For all of They're these terrible. businesses,
2: like the the bank and the airports and stuff like that. A lot of the times they don't they or they can't get like Christmas break off necessarily because it's a very important time for like travel and for money transactions. Mm-hmm. So they usually take the next week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they usually take after Christmas or after um new year's so like this is this is the time frame that he is having these problems
1: yeah no it's it's just it's it's mind-boggling that like this seems to be like a new issue for him like
3: a publishable uh, item is there's like yeah. airports are boring and you have to wait like yeah dude yeah. <laughs> or like, they e- suck. Oh, like no, i don't we know or even that like
1: it's, it's a novel thing that like oh like coronavirus has made like and like government interference has like made airports uh terrible like he literally says the last line of this paragraph is quote all of this from an airline that not so long ago was a model of efficiency no one (laughs) believes that nobody believes that
4: why don't people dress
0: up to go to the airport
1: anymore it's like yeah cool thank you grandpa go
4: back to bed yeah yeah Yeah.
2: like
1: how many people can can even afford to fly in this country like even they know that going to the airport is a nightmare
3: like rich people do get to go faster so i'm wondering if it's just that like first class has been slowed down and this is what he's mad about but like how rich is how rich is Jordan Peterson? Like, oh,
0: he's very. very also, yeah. he likes TSA at the airport. When they take the x-rays, it's the only time he gets any kind of medical care thanks to his psycho daughter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He gets. They walk him through the x-ray machine and he's like, please take me. This is the closest I've had to an MRI. They
0: walk him through the x-ray machine and
2: there's nothing inside of him.
0: It's just completely hollow. She harvested my organs. Yeah, she she said it was it for her spoons. raw diet. I don't have any bones.
1: He looks like a fucking enderman. <laughs>
0: yeah that's (laughs) the only way to stop jordan peterson from uh owning you with facts and logic is to put a single dirt block
2: just above his head so he can't get past that's right or wear a jack-o'-lantern on your head
1: (laughs) that's a even better. like because like my man's been only eating minecraft zombie flesh for the last five (laughs) years he's (laughs) permanently in the poison status condition You can hear him coming because it just goes, oh, oh.
2: oh. <laughs> it
4: just goes, oof, oof, mm, oof. Mm, 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 <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, this I'm, I'm going to read It's fucking you. Okay. show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. This is important. So, uh, the next paragraph, like you have to hear to believe. Uh, like most people in Canada and in the broader Western world, my wife and I are accustomed, accustomed to systems that work. Fuck off! No, okay. We're not. Anyways, when yeah, when we sorry. book flights in the past, with rare exception, we arrive safely and on time. Except wow, for fuck, that what? one time on sep- in September, uh, when we <laughs> used our online banking systems, we gained access to our accounts. When we had to do phone security because of a login problem, we were able to talk to someone who was able to help. And because we were spoiled, spoiled Westerners, we expected that uh, things would always be consistent and by the books. Why? Because by and large, our systems worked miraculously well. The power, and b- 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 he goes on, uh, like, banks are open, efficient, and honest, planes planes landed on time.
3: Okay, uh, if you had so, asked him that, like, like a month before COVID started, he would have been like, every system is flawed. Like, all of us love complaining about the banks and the airports. Like, they suck. I don't understand what he's talking like about. This,
1: like, he's literally, like, I, I know, I... If I'm trying to like have an honest debate or just like trying to like take his points down a notch, I should be able to do more than say that's stupid. But like <laughs> think like think of the position that he's in and has been in yeah. his entire life. His whole thing is like defending the status quo, defending like Western values and like mm-hmm. Western market. Uh, yeah. That, it's, that it's, is it's... that is his like, you know, reason to be. Uh, and you couldn't say that. If the you the ask fashion. me. It's 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 pretty easy. Uh no, I, I forgot the phrase, sorry. <laughs> Reason Detra. That's it. Uh, sure. So, uh I think that's like, you know, you look at Stranger Things season three, where they have like the Russian communists like amazed by being in like an American state fair or something, right? Like this is a pretty easy thing to do, is like the wonders of capitalism and like of markets and you know, products and variety. Uh like Easy, like hole-in-one, the simplest piece of propaganda that you could ever churn out for the National Post. What does Peterson do? What are the, the great things about America or Canada or capitalism in general that he, uh, you know, wants to champion? Airports, banks, mm-hmm. phone companies. Mm-hmm. Fucking Woo! idiot. I like, I, I cannot, I'm losing my goddamn mind. You, one of you has to help me square <laughs> this. Because like, like I fundamentally don't understand what the yeah, fuck he's talking about. Those are all about. the
0: jobs you learn about in first grade. You're like, oh, I want to be a banker. I want to be a pilot. It's like, yeah, that that's what makes this country great is having a career that a seven-year-old wants.
1: Yeah, like, that's what makes <laughs> this country great. Be- great is having a great customer experience, uh, service experience with Bell. And like, like what you the know, fuck are you talking this is about? The
0: original draft of his uh essay or editorial he's like and to have someone who i can understand on the phone and they're <laughs> like, right, yeah yeah you gotta cut that maybe like, someone yeah. who you know
2: spoke english
1: yeah and
0: oh it's like you God. know they're like okay you gotta we're gonna let you you know type out your crotchety old man things but you gotta like tone it down
1: yeah just and i do i i have to nitpick here he do, he talks about uh like oh we have power and heat in this country which is great we got drive we got power yeah it's been 40 below in alberta for three weeks pile Um, of benzos i devour (laughs) (laughs) but he goes like oh it's been like 40 below in alberta for three weeks like you know uh, like we have heat we can deal with that i had to fact check him here uh for Fairview, Alberta, where he says he was, uh, it was 40 mm-hmm. below for one day in January. <laughs> what a dumbass.
3: He's Something so stupid, Something hurts man. his feelings and he really dwells on it. You know, yeah. we're, we're all mixed this. He,
2: having
1: to he, be he doesn't have the, the hard paint. exterior of a lobster.
3: And what's uh, confusing to me is circuit like... circuit
1: is fried, dude.
3: The, the things that you're talking about in TV shows where they really do up, like, say, like, oh, isn't the West so great, which, like are also stupid, dumb things. But it's usually, like, shopping and shit, which also has been, like, pretty impacted, and you could easily talk about that. So, like, the fact that he's chosen to talk about phone cues is so oh, funny to me.
1: Well, funny you mentioned that, because he moves on. He <laughs> okay. Says, there are empty shells in the grocery stores here, huh. in front of you. The supply chain. Oh, Drink. Well, we need okay. a sound effect whenever we talk. No, no, no. We need a sound effect whenever we talk about the supply that's we, true. We give me burr, 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 supply chain, <laughs> folks. Shots, shot. Everybody take corner. a shot.
3: But the yeah. empty shelves in the West were because people were panic buying because of the floods. I thought like that doesn't have very much to do with COVID. It was just well, everyone no. went and bought like a shit ton of groceries.
1: Well, he can't afford to mention that. Okay.
2: <laughs> My Grubhub is late, and they didn't have <laughs> hot chip.
3: Yeah. Well, that
1: exactly that. Uh, he talks about small businesses too. The mm. local restaurant tour. Who operates the pizza place that he worked at forty years ago. Back then he says it was called Comet Pizza, whatever that means. Uh. Uh, she she was barely hanging on. It's it's truly It's
2: terrible. a forty year old fucking pizza place. Jordan, of course it's barely you could hanging literally, on.
1: Literally with one
0: of your monthly like, I don't know, fucking Patreon dumps save this place so shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah why don't you save this yeah if you care so much about small businesses just give them money you are an old man you exist solely to support local businesses
3: and i want to say like we're we're saying like oh these things are always bad like obviously covid has impacted our lives immensely and it's like a rough thing to go through, but these seem to be like the most trivial of all of the impacts yep. that he could possibly pull. And like, he's still getting to do everything in the end. And like the fact that his like harping on COVID like complain piece is that like things are taking 10 extra minutes like longer than normal rather than like all of the actual like horrible social impacts that COVID has had. Like what the hell are you or talking about? Yes. Yeah, like.
2: Like he could even talk about the fact that like I don't know. He could spin it in some way. Like, I had to get medical help in Russia because of, like, the the lockdown or something. I don't know. He and, could have spun that. And it's also because but instead, he. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. It's just, like, the, the whole elective surgeries thing going to shit because ICUs are fucked. It's, like, instead you are sad because a 40-year-old pizza place. Sorry, older than 40 years because you worked there 40 years ago is uh, barely hanging on. Like, Peterson, one thing that he has is that he's a fairly good rhetorician in that he um, can bolster up enough charisma to make you kind of have to take a step back to think about what he's saying in order to take it down. Even if he's saying, like, factually incorrect things, he still can word them in a way that is convincing for a lot of people. This is just dumb. Yeah, Jordan... Like, there was no no effort it has none of the Peterson charm
0: Jordan has the sauce Tara Henley does not have the sauce they're both idiots but one of them has charisma and is like weird enough to be compelling yeah and like and
1: specifically like sort of channels a you know an academic an outsider academic who like can like wield all of these lofty ideas and like mythology and like Jungian archetypes uh to his advantage there's none of that in here uh, and as such, it, it's a lot less fun to read. Uh, yeah. But he 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 moves on to say like, oh, you know, like I'm not used to like defending large corporations, uh, successful enterprises. Uh, but you know, I when you think about it, um, they have the exact same problems that uh, the local grocery store and the local restaurateur have, and that's uh, lockdowns.
3: <laughs> ah, shucks It's it's. it's
1: tearing them. Anybody, so constant,
3: yeah, think of the constant yeah constantly backs up the idea uh, corporations yeah, I, yeah but like I, he I,
2: constantly I, backs these systems up what is he fucking talking about
1: well yeah no he love folks we love the systems the, the systems have been working great uh, yeah but yeah like he's like I, I've thought about like this from every angle I've thought about big business owners I've thought about small business owners and th- those are the two angles that I can think of.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's no no one else I thought to, to, to ask about this. But uh, he, he talks about how um, we are pushing these complex systems uh, on, upon which we depend and are miraculously effective to the breaking point, which I would argue... Uh, is a good argument, uh, against, uh, opening everything up.
3: Yeah. Like if, the hospitals. Like, you know, <laughs> if, if,
1: if, like, if this half-assed, like, not lockdown, but there's regulations is putting strain on these systems, which we love. And, you know, I, I, you know, make a sacrifice to the systems every day, um, Maybe we should just give the systems a break for let let him take a little time out, a little Gatorade, a little <laughs> sit on the bench for a while. We can wait this thing out, and then you can get back with systems good as new. Uh, and it's funny that, that's not the argument he goes for.
3: The systems he's referring to are like businesses, which he's saying yeah. if we don't open up, we're exclusive close. the
1: but the economy. Yeah. I
3: would I would argue personally hospitals seem more important than businesses, but you know who knows. Yeah. No one can tell whether a coffee shop or a hospital is more important.
1: Yeah. I, I, just a couple. We don't have to comment on these, but just a couple of choice quotes here. Uh, talking about our systems, which we love. Can you think of anything more unlikely than the fact that we get instant trouble-free access to our money online using systems that are virtually gra- graft and corruption-free? What?
3: Cool.
1: <laughs> banking, folks. Corrupt- online
3: free. Online banking.
0: Uh, Oh, that's zero corruption. To be fair, Jordan did grow up during the Great Depression. So famously, the least corrupt time in banking. You had a great time. I thought,
2: I thought he said he didn't want to talk highly of these major institutions. Or no, was I wrong?
1: He doesn't want to, but he He, he said he doesn't want to, but he has to, given the, yeah. the terrible circumstances we find ourselves oh,
2: in. Oh, so he's thankful yeah. that the banking works. That's yeah. good.
1: These systems are now shaking. We're compromising them seriously with this unending and unpredictable stream of restrictions, lockdowns, regulations, and curfews. Because wow. I can't buy everyone things when I
3: want everyone is still to. banking and flying. What is he talking about? It's just like slower. Okay.
1: We, we've demolished two Christmas seasons in a row. The war on so. Christmas is funded what? by the Wuhan virus.
2: Will Both.
3: Target do? <laughs> yeah, really.
2: Who the fuck cares, man?
3: Who cares? No, it's I stupid. I think he's
0: right.
1: And I like, <laughs> I, I, I tried to look, I couldn't really find any data on this, but I find it extremely hard to believe that the amount of gifts or like, you know, consumer products that were purchased, uh, had went down over the last two years. I feel like that's basically impossible. Yeah.
3: Everyone oh. just ordered them and then yeah, <laughs> maybe may from brick and mortar stores.
1: All. Yeah. Yeah. It was just Amazon. Certainly.
2: But. but yeah, it was just, yeah. People were just ordering it instead. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, uh, he goes on. Bah, 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 bah. I've never seen a breakdown in an institutional trust uh, on this scale before in my lifetime. Uh,
2: You're insane. Yeah. You are so fucking yeah. privileged. Oh my god. <laughs>
3: what, like when the fuck are Covid you is worse about? than World War II. <laughs> there
2: has never been an institutional crisis like this. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're fucking wrong. You're wrong.
0: Uh, yeah. Name one time. <laughs>
2: Jesse, you're so right? You yeah. know what? I'm convinced.
0: I, Jordan Peterson, please come on the podcast, please have sex with me. Please go pogger on my hole. That would be great. <laughs>
1: it, it just it gets more interminable from here. He talks about how uh, I was in Nashville, there was no lockdowns, no masks, no COVID regulations. Stay. People, Who cares? Art, many free dead people
4: yeah.
1: yeah, They were free to live their lives. Uh, yeah,
2: like what is it? Ten times as many dead people. Yeah, they're oh, also have fun.
0: They're also free to end their lives. <laughs> Neat,
1: how that works. <laughs> uh, the the cure has become worse than the disease. He okay, says. that's true. Oh, the, the cure's yeah.
0: latest work is, is not great. Yeah, like Robert that's, Smith that's has really been phoning it in. <laughs> that's an
3: yeah. MSN status. Okay, I've seen the Cure twice in concert, and I hate to say I might get some judgment from this, but both times I left early because I was like. Yeah. This is not Damn. that fun. I don't he's, know.
0: Robert Smith is on bad days. Like he looks yeah. rough. He looks
2: like a bigger. The records are fun, but
0: yeah, like he looks like a bigger Art Garfunkel now, which is scary. <laughs> I feel no, the same way about. Um, yeah, he's got the big fro and the eyelash eyeliner, and he's all I fat would
3: say now. Two dudes having big hair doesn't make them look equivalent. Art Garfunkel uh, has yeah. his own look.
2: Uh, no. Okay. It's because they're both Jewish.
0: Yeah, Robert what?
2: Smith. Don't
3: even think that's true. <laughs> well, it is now. And if they want
0: to prove otherwise, they can come on the podcast. Okay. This how I'm quoted chasing for call. 2022. It's like if you want to disprove anything we've said, uh you have to come on the podcast and advertise it for at least Yeah, a otherwise
2: week. it's correct.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He talks about like how we are we are ruled uh by a uh, policy mm-hmm. governed by uh polling polling dictated by fear and that leads to yeah. authoritarianism so i guess like by having policy that reflects the will of the people that's authoritarian is the argument
2: um, <laughs> actually what yeah you're right that's so insane
1: <laughs> and uh you know there there's no risk-free path path forward there's only one ris- risk or another picture poison that's the choice law lo- life often offers yeah you can. Um, add- benzodiazepine or black Siberian which which is like you know a sort of compelling argument uh, when you're dealing with you know individual choices that affect you and you alone as opposed Mm -hmm. to choices made by governments during a pandemic uh, in which you know the old and sick and vulnerable uh, die en masse
3: yeah, it's the, some of you may die, but that is a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Classic <laughs> Shrek 1 quote.
2: <laughs> I oh thought
1: it was Donald Yeah, Trump he does, like, Peterson does really have Lord Farquaad energy, for think, sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this, like, if you'll forgive a brief tangent, uh, reminds me of a 2007 David Foster Wallace article uh, called Just Asking, uh, where he talks about uh, whether or not the national security state that developed after 9-11 is worthwhile, uh, with the argument being, uh, quote, uh, what if we chose to regard the 2,973 innocents killed in the atrocities of 9-11 as victims, uh, not as uh, victims, but as democratic martyrs sacrificed on the oh. altar of freedom? Uh, so basically, <laughs> David Wallace says, like, you know, by, uh, you know, having things like the TSA... Uh, and mm-hmm. the NSA, like, tapping all of our phones and all of these uh, infringements on personal liberty, we destroy the thing that make, uh, makes America worth protecting in the first place. And that yeah. there, there's an amount of sacrifice that is required uh, in, you know, horrific terrorist attacks, per se, um, in order to continue operating uh, as the glorious free Americans that we are. Uh, you can take your issues with that. Uh, what I will say that what Wallace has going for him is that, uh, y- you know, terrorist attacks are extremely rare, uh, completely unpredictable. Uh, and uh, um, and
3: the backlash you know. to them has been like so yeah. overblown that it's yeah. insane. And the backlash and to them exactly the ability has of been the government to yeah. like spy on you, which is not what the case is yeah. for COVID and
1: also includes things like Abu Ghraib, Guantanamo Bay and two wars in the Middle East, one of which is still ongoing, you know? Like it's it's a very like it's a much different issue than the pandemic uh and the, you know, the infringing on freedom uh that takes place during that Problem.
3: okay this is like the guy on twitter that said having online school for a year was like a more oh, Nate a, a Silver. policy a policy decision with more repercussions than the war in iraq like yeah okay yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: but i i could go on he talks about how there's no end in sight we have to put our foot down enough is enough set a date open the country back up um i at this point sort of mentally checked out it was like this was just like too stupid for me to even like engage with um i don't know i can send you guys the rest of this article no that's okay there's
2: not much left after after Uh, that it literally just says time for some courage let's live again
0: it's okay we are definitely
1: (laughs) past the best buy date on jordan peterson (laughs) Yeah, no, <laughs> like like a piece of raw meat that has been left on the counter. Uh, he has, uh, so he's gone off, folks, and I would recommend not consuming him.
3: Ooh, good metaphors there. His Dean. daughter, though. Yeah, I.
0: Yeah, you know, that's the thing, Michaela Peterson. Once again, you know the drill. Come on the podcast. Tell us about how you gave your dad meat poisoning and then sold him to. Once again, I assume aliens in Siberia, but that's for another week. I think I think this meal is done. Uh, check, yeah. please.
3: Did everyone yeah. have a yummy time?
0: Yeah.
2: Hey, I just came back from my smoke break. Is everything good?
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, they, they loved it. They really,
3: really oh, loved okay.
2: it. okay. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. You didn't they, serve them benzos, did you?
0: Absolutely not. No. Oh, okay, they said, good. my oh. condiments to the chef. And... Uh, <laughs> Chance has got the sauce, we've got the sauce, and you know what? If you listen to this show, I'm going to go ahead and say it. You've got the sauce, and uh, we'll see you next week for certainly another
1: podcast. Ariva for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Arriba Is that what they say at a restaurant? <laughs> Arriba Darci.